Okay, so yesterday we went from the parable to the analog. The parable itself is very interesting, and there's many things going from the parable. The uh, there were some Hasidim that used the parables of Hasidim themselves as their as their focus. Analogy. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it's not a parable. It's an analogy. Thank you. So, but the, the analogy, while there's a lot we can learn from it in our lives, that, that, that's it's not the simple reason why the Rebbe brings it in the Mimer. The simple reason why the Rebbe is bringing it in this Mimer is, is for the purpose of the analog, which is to help us understand how things are in, in heaven. And through that, to realize the power of the Brach of the Kainim. Ordinarily, when a human being makes a decision, if it's based upon logic, so there is no reason, there's no compelling reason, that there should be any transition from the realm of thinking about what to do to thinking about how to do it, to then proceed to talking about it and then proceed to doing it. And in any of those stages is going to be a, a re-evaluation if, if and when there is a, a some, somehow this does reach the next stage, there's going to be re- re-evaluation. Why is a re-evaluation? Because each stage is, is distinct from the other, and one world doesn't flow into the other naturally. That's only true if the decision is a logical decision. However, if there's something that touches your pleasure, something that, that, that affects your gishmak, so when something is gishmak, so then it naturally flows from thinking about what to do, to how to do, to talking about doing it, and that is a compelling reason that will make it flow from one world to the next world without, uh, without interruption. That is what the power of the brach of the kainim is. The brach of the kainim, unlike the usual decisions that happen with Shanyu Kippur, that they don't necessarily ever reach this world, and that's why a person is judged every day to see if the decisions made of Shani Kippur are, are uh, fitting for his situation the way he is today, uh, because it could be that the decision you know, made of Shani Kippur could stay in Shemayim, not will ever reach the world. Persons judge every day to see if that decision in heaven should touch the world. But, but the, the Brach of Cain, it reaches Rav Chester, it reaches the infinite kindness of Hashem, it reaches Hashem's pleasure, and therefore it flows this there's a few distinctions that the bracha kainim has. Number one, doesn't it, it naturally flows? Doesn't need to have any any other impetus for it to reach the next 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 stage. No no additional judgment is needed. Number two, the uh, flow itself is with great abundance because since there's no uh, since actually I would say number two is that there, there's no there's no challenge. It's not challenged at, e- at each stage of the game and therefore it's not minimized by the various accusing angels along the road. And therefore, number three, it's with a great abundance. This explains something about the nusach, the wording of the brach of the Kain. Hashem will bless you, Kainim, say, with great abundance, with, with money, etc. And then it adds, and will guard you from those who will hurt you, the, the, the demons. The demons also is referring to a situation where a person is undeserving of the blessing. And yet, the brach of the Kainim extends from the infinite kindness of Hashem. And it descends all the way to this world without any interruption, despite the person not being deserving of the bracha. And that's because of one more point, which is a fascinating with the bracha kainim, and that is that usually when 
when if someone gives a bracha, a bracha is only able to bring down what is in store for you in heaven. Something that has already been apportioned as your share in heaven, that's the power of a bracha to bring it downwards. The bracha of a kayin, he has the ability to give you a bracha in the, in the way that Rav Shemba Yochai did, the way that Tzfiyu Tzadikim can, which is tefillah. A tefillah is unique in that in the tefillahs and our prayers we're saying, Yihiratse, may it be your will. That means there's nothing upstairs yet. It's not that it's upstairs and it's been held up in customs. It hasn't been produced in China yet. It hasn't, it hasn't been produced in heaven yet. So, so this is the power of the Rechaz Kainim. They can create a new channel and bring it down, although it hasn't, there's nothing upstairs either. Yihiratse. And from the way things are in heaven, it descends quickly without an interruption in this world, great abundance. Okay, let's go to. Go ahead. Does Hashem not get tainted out of giving us brachas? He's asking, we're saying that ever this pleasure. So then it descends without any interruption. So, every brach of Hashem should be with great pleasure. And therefore, it, shouldn't, it should be working a similar way the brach of the Canaan is. Uh, he does, but at the same time, he's appointed these customs agents, and they're doing their job. So, yes, it's coming with Tainik, but at the same time, his blueprint is that there's the customs agents. Except when it's initiated by a Cohen, I suppose, then that's built into the blueprint that you don't need the customs. Uh, before addressing your question, I just want to tell you something about God. The the of Parachir, he was like, like training camp all the, uh, the Hasidically challenged people who came from Vilna and Minsk and uh, before they, when they first arrived in Lyajna, they had they couldn't like really like like come to the Alta Rebbe learn from the Alta Rebbe they didn't know anything about the Eivishter so one of the things they taught they, they taught them was about the Pratis and the Eivishter cares for everybody and that uh, the Eivishter has pain and Jew has pain and uh, so, so so yesterday I saw a uh, response in the Rebbe it's so important to, 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 to know some, some basics because you're going to this and you can get lost. Yeah. Um, my my elder, elder is Zal Mesha, was once discussing with some other chassidim about the meaning of, of, of a segment of davening. I don't know which segment it was, they find Yakadish, but whatever it was. And the other chassidim were saying maybe it means uh, this realm, Atik, uh, Zah. What realm do you think it's referring to? And he said, I think it's talking about God. Yesterday, I saw this answer to the Rebbe. This mother wrote a letter, an apology letter to the Rebbe. What was the apology letter? She wrote to the Rebbe that apparently her, her son, um, when the Rebbe walked out of 770, he'd taken the Rebbe's hand and shaken the Rebbe's hand profusely. Saw this answer? Shaking the Rebbe's hand profusely, and the Rebbe uh, responds uh, to the mother, question mark, exclamation point. Like, what are you talking about? And the Rebbe says, I uh, wish... That uh, the, first of all, there says the simplicity, the warmth, uh, the sincerity, the pashtus, the the heart zakait, the, the the heartiness, and the simplicity and the and the warmth of a child. I wish adults would have a little bit of that. So yeah, so 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 question is intact. I don't know the answer to your question, uh, but it's certainly Abraham certainly has pleasure pleasure giving giving brachas, and yet there's still something that's needed for bracha kainim. When there's when there's something that's uh, despite despite the fact that Shem is pleasure. So you see hiring like incompetent custom agents. Like why doesn't it get better quality guys? And is this what the author of the means when he says I only want you? 
I don't want all these intermediaries. I don't want all these, these ministers getting in the way. The Alter Rebbe is not talking about getting stuff from Hashem. The Alter Rebbe is talking about his love for God himself. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't need cash. He doesn't need ruchnius. He just wants Hashem himself. But he's asking, I think, is that the level of this time? Like all the way that's all the way up there. If this is what that intends, why does it get... Same question. I think the, the, the common denominator of your question is is that if the Abisher has pleasure from giving us brachas and this is his pleasure, so then how, how come that there could some, we say in Lahadein Elam, again, a basic in Yiddish guy which can't get lost from, um, no one can, can control Hashem and thwart his plans. So, so what are we talking about? So the answer is, of course, Hashem himself does decide things for Shani Kippur, and Hashem himself decides also that he wants a person to bring it down with his own efforts. So it could be that because Hashem's love for us that he wants us to continuously work for things, not to get things in a silver platter, and even though it's not even a silver platter. But it could be that, that, that uh, as, as a, the, whole, the whole general system of the fundamental of our faith of consequence, reward, and punishment, that carries over to every day. Why, why does he do, do things that way? Because says, because the Zohar says, a person does not like having shameful bread. Since a person doesn't like having shameful bread, Therefore, Hashem wants us to earn things. So therefore, it could be, along the same lines, it could be the very same thing, that Hashem wants us to earn things every day, and not just to earn things on Hashem and Kippur, but to actually be able to bring it down and be a vessel for the blessing. So these are not rogue accustomed They're not like the leprechauns. Unlike other religions, which have uh, people with pitchforks and uh, stuff like that, we only believe in one God. Uh, so, 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 of course, there's no, there's no force or demon or anything else but other than there's only one being that controls every single detail of creation, including all the various worlds, etc. And the Abisha judges us every single day, he himself, through the angels, through whatever. Okay, let's go to Eistas. You could say, Although the terror writes about the brach of the Kainim, before the staff of iron blossoms, before it blossoms these almonds, as the Torah says at the conclusion of the building of the tabernacle, Aaron lifted his hands to the people and blessed them, and Rashi explains, he blessed them the of the Kainim, and even then, the bracha of the Kainim worked in a, in a swift, swift way. So the bracha of the Kainim did not begin after Aaron's staff blossomed. However, after Aaron's staff blossomed, there was an additional additional accomplishment in Aaron's staff blossoming that, that surpassed the blessing of the Kainim that existed before. How so? Third line of face test. Since the blossoming of Aaron's staff came as a result of those who questioned his priesthood, it's similar to a document that has been questioned by, that has been challenged, and then the court is forced to ratify this document. The power of the document is weaker without it being challenged. Till the document is challenged, someone can come and challenge it, and then, and then the court has to ratify it. But once the document has been challenged and ratified, it can no longer again be challenged. There is now an additional power in this document than a document that has never been challenged. As a, the power of light that comes from darkness. 
It was evening, it was morning. Balshanta says there's a greater light that comes from evening, comes from darkness. So because there was a challenge to the priesthood, that brought an additional power to the priesthood. Now we can understand something else. The word shkedim, we said earlier on the mimer, means an almond. Shkedim means almonds. Almonds ripen faster than all their fruit. The Altarebbe says that the word shkedim can mean something swift and that's good, and something swift that's not good. The shkedim, the matarim, shkedim tevim. And the Altarebbe says, although there's two types of shkedim, two types of swiftness, the almonds, iron staff, are good. Why does he mention the, why does he mention the, the negative of, of swiftness? We're talking about iron's brachas, talking about the bracha of Kedim. Why is he mention in the middle of the discussion of the bracha of the Kedim, in the middle of all the good stuff, does he mention the negativity? The reason he mentions this is because he wants us to know that in the iron staff, in the blessing of the Kedim, they don't have just the ability to bring down brachas, they also have the ability to transform the negative to good. That's why Aaron's staff blossomed after the challenge to his priesthood. That represents how Aaron's staff is not just um, bringing down things which are, which are wonderful. The, the, the unique quality of a kain is the, the resilience that comes after the challenge, which, which accomplishes the transformation of bad to good. That's what Alter mentions in talking about the swiftness, the bracha kainim. He talks about that there's negative, there's also negative shkaitim, there's also negative swiftness. Why? Because he wants to emphasize that the bracha kainim is to transform the, what's bad to good. Rachel Hazel, next paragraph. The reason why Aaron's staff blossomed almonds, specifically after. The challenge to the priesthood is, and, and as we, ju- we just said, the idea of his staff blossoming, blossoming excuse me, after the challenge is because iron staff has the ability to transform bad to good. So, in one sense, the, the blossoming of almonds, which is about the transformation of bad to good, is also related to the concept we said till now, the idea of swiftness. Swiftness and transformation are connected. How so? The idea of swiftness is that even when the, the flow hits this world, it should still be, be with great abundance. As we said earlier, the power of the, of the divine flow coming without any interruption is that even when it hits this world, it's still with great abundance. In order that the world should be a vessel for this, in order that, should, that we should receive this great abundance, we have to be a vessel for this bracha. We have to be a vessel for this bracha. This is what I think, Stam, I think that the, the next few lines of the Mimer, I think is like the, the, the whole focus of the Mimer. Let's go. One of the reasons that the conclusion of the bracha of the is that God should give you peace. Why? That the conclusion of the bracha of the who get clear of your bracha because a vessel for a multitude of bracha. Not just, not just there should be abundance, but there should, 
not that not only shall there be abundance, but that, that there should be infinite abundance. The divine origin of the abundance of the blessing is infinite. As we said before, the source of the flow of the brach of the kain is from beyond, higher than the, the entire spiritual cosmos. So what's the vessel for a lot of bracha? What's the vessel for infinite abundance? Who has shown its peace? The only vessel that God found that could contain bracha is peace. Now we can explain the tra- connection between the transformation of bad to good and the idea of speed. Why? So what's the true concept of speed? The idea of speed is not only that Hashem is sending the flow down quickly, but there's also uh, someone that, that uh, can receive it. it, it if, if it's fast, but no one's there to catch it, then, then it's, not really, uh, it's not really coming down. It's not, it's not only quick. It's, it's, it's fast, but it stops. Even if you're Nolan Ryan, you have to have a catcher. The true concept of peace is even when the negative has been transformed to positive. The true concept of shalom is when there's when there has been something negative there before, and now that negativity has been transformed, and uh, and people people uh, people get along. That's the true concept of shalom. That the negativity has been transformed to something positive. So that's why the Torah connects iron staff blossoming, which is the idea of the swift brachas, to the challenge to the kainim, the challenge to his priesthood. In one line, the swiftness is about Hashem's Hashpah coming out to the world, and that is especially related to the transformation negativity. Because if there's no peace in the world, that, and the, the, which peace really means that, that then even the negative has been transformed to positive, peace is not just that, 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 that there's nothing that's stopping. Peace means, uh, one point his uh, voicemail was, Shalom, you have reached Tzemach Kunin. One of his, his unique... Uh, Qualities was shalom. What's shalom? Why in Yiddish guy always say shalom? Shalom aleichem al chasharis. Everything shalom. Shalom. What's up with shalom? Shalom means you have space in your heart for someone else. That's not shalom. Shalom means you, there's room for someone else in you. So the true vessel for the brach of the kainim is is uh, is peace. And the true concept of peace is that when there's something there that's not holding the, the other person, which is preventing you from each other person, and you make a space for them. Uh, let's let's read the last last line. The ultimate perfection of peace, that even the enemy will transform to a friend, will be when Mashiach will come speedily. Mashiach will come, there will be an abundance of peace, an abundance of bracha, rebuilt to Mugbal, an infinite abundance, which caused the process of Shalayim, leave this a gloss. It says Mashiach will come, we'll go to your Shalayim, and your Shalayim will no longer have walls, which represents an abundance that is infinite.